Powers is like, you know, I give you some advice. I'm not married. I have no friends. And both my parents are dead. And he just starts laughing. And that's how the scene ends. He's like weirdly maniacal through this whole thing. Like what a weird note to end a scene on. Oh, yeah. My parents are dead and I have no friends. Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about George Lopez. George Lopez went 120 episodes over six seasons on ABC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Prototype, which originally aired March 27th, 2002. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Nick, Berg, Joe, and that's it. Gordo's not here today. What's going on, guys? Hello. It's not Hola. just my legs. It's something else, too. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that stuff. <laughs> I can't wait. Why do you guys got to be weird about everything? I was going to warn That you scene guys. is literally a teenage girl vagina hair scene. That's the we'll, it's no, Oh, we'll my get God. To it. It's we'll, not. It is. We'll get to it. It's a, yeah, it, that's what it was meant. We'll it's talk a about that. that. Hey, guys, we, guys, why is it called Prototype? That's what I don't get. <laughs> why is it called Prototype? Huh. <laughs> I assume sense. because of the airplane factory. Even then, it's not like test. <clears throat> I go uh, go to Ferg. I thought the same thing. <laughs> As I was writing everything down, I'm like, I just don't understand why it's called this. They're just big John Cena fans. Maybe it's a play on the word pilot. There, I would have to check. I'm going to check as I'm speaking. I think that the Big Show show was also called Prototype. Is that it was the term for pilots? The, the, the Big Show heard? show. I mean, the essentially, show a pilot show, is a prototype. Yeah. The Big Show show also called Prototype, episode one. But yeah, um, so George Lopez, which I can't. My can brain wants. To, want my, to. my brain wants to say the George Lopez show every time, but it's just called George Lopez. It's confusing because he's had three sitcoms. He's had George Lopez, St. George, and Lopez. So it's very hard to not confuse the three of them. The Bob Newhart situation. Yeah. I but he's got three. It's not like there was Bob Newhart and New Bob. There was a third Bob Newhart show. He was like a comic writer. Shit, I don't remember that. Also, was it called, Bob, was it called Lopez? It was something Bob. <laughs> there was like Bob was in the title. <laughs> Bob Lopez, comic writer. If only they had... um. They brought back Celebrity Deathmatch. We could have Bob Newhart versus George Lopez. Oh, that would make me very sad that, uh, because I don't know how tough Bob Newhart's going to fight these days. Hey, old man strength. In Bob claymation needs form. New- Bob needs a new heart. Mm. <laughs> I felt bad saying it, too. Anyways. That man's uh, a saint. How dare you? I love Bob Newhart. A joke presents itself. I have to say it. So, George Lopez, the show, the show. Did you guys watch this growing up? Um, not growing up. It was 20 years ago now, so we weren't super young. But um, are you guys familiar with the show, or is this kind of a new watch for you? This was my older in life comfort bedtime Nick at Night show. Same. Um, I never saw this early into the show before. I've seen a lot of it. Um, I don't remember this specific episode, um, but I definitely remember stuff. From, it's tough to tell because I mean George kind of looks the same the whole time, like short. No, hair his hair gets short. His hair, the hair yeah, is the change. But um, I remember the kids being this young. 
I will say I've never seen this uh, this show before, not one second of it. I remember it being on, really? but I may be confusing it with one of the other shows. But it is delightful. <laughs> right? And- I've um I've seen the show like scattered episodes. I've seen a lot of episodes, but never like, oh, it's Thursday, time to watch George Lopez. I think we caught it in syndication anyways. I don't yeah. know where did it normally air, Jay? ABC 2002. So you figure 20 years ago, we're all like 15, 16. Yeah. So I don't think we were watching that point. when it was on. And it went six seasons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So from 2002 to 2008-ish. So we're um, going from like 16 to 22. Probably not a time where we're home, prime time, watching a lot of television like that. And I would say it probably went into syndication on Nick at Night probably around 2010, maybe, if I were to guess. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Four um, or five seasons in. But so yeah, but to those... your point, I I never like watched it on like a Hulu or I think it's on Peacock right now. So I've yeah, never watched Peacock. it episode by episode. I've just watched what was given to me. So I don't know how much of the show I've actually seen, but I would guess a lot of it. Yeah, it was one of those shows that was on Nick at Night that I had never heard of before. It was on Nick at Night, which was strange to me. Right. Yeah. Same. I feel like it was in the weird wheelhouse of time where if anything was on at a weeknight. When you're like a mid teenager, you just you're out of the house, right? Like you're not yeah. watching a ton of this stuff. And I think this show switched time slots a lot too, which is never easy for somebody to follow along, right? So it probably ended up getting the death slot at some point where it was on a Friday where like no one's around to watch TV. Also, to breach your birth, to get on to TV in 2002, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I imagine there was some pretty stiff competition around then too. I think one of the biggest things they said that killed them was they kept putting them opposite American Idol. That too. I mean, which Friends in 2002 was, was Friends was in its later years too. Yep. So depending on what night it was and stuff, so that could just be a product of everything that surrounded it. Really, those are the first couple of years of American Idol where they showed people getting made fun of and singing poorly when it was actually worth interesting to watch. Yeah, well, with this show too, it was. It's not like I wasn't aware that the show existed. Like this shows that we've covered that I didn't even know they ever happened until we decided to do an episode on them. I was well aware of this show. I mean, I'd seen it, but in its main run, no, I probably wasn't watching it live. I don't know if I ever saw an episode live. And this is interesting, too. The uh, creator of this show is also the creator of Bless This House, our episode two weeks ago. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Also, that- this is uh, back-to-back shows where Nick Offerman has made small appearances. Huh. Like, Bless This House, that's an example of a show I didn't know existed. Until we right. did an episode. Whereas this was one you knew about, you just never saw. Yeah, I didn't really, like, I've seen it, but I didn't really, in its main run at least, I wasn't really watching it whenever it was live. I do love, Jay, I thought of you when looking up information about this show. George Lopez is quoted at one point before this show came on the air saying that he was mad that there was such a little representation of, like, Chicanos and Chicano culture on television. And his exact quote was, so a caveman can be on TV, but a Chicano can't. So even George <laughs> Lopez is just dunking on your caveman. Which you greenlit. If anyone wants to go back and listen to our caveman, it was our one year anniversary episode. We did cavemen. Phenomenal. It's not as bad as it could have been, but still it's cavemen. No, you just like everything. That's not true. I canceled Will and Grace because it is terrible. That's true. It was a surprising cancel too. I did not expect it from you. Because you're such a green lighter, it's crazy. There's a few cancels yeah, in my you past. You make me sick. If There's I could been... go back in time, I'd cancel Friends, but it was our first episode, and I, was all, I didn't know where I was yet. It would be fun, like, there are yeah, so yeah. many shows that we still need to do, but it was, I would almost be curious where our show's changed, you know, since we've started a little bit, 
we go yeah. a little deeper. We we look at things a little different. It would be interesting to redo Friends. I'll tell you, I'd cancel Perfect Strangers now. Yeah, I've 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 mentioned this before. I do think we should go back and just kind of rapid fire. Well, on our own time, go through and see if there's anything we thought we would have changed, and then have a show where we go through and rapid fire if we would have changed. Do I have to watch like seventy episodes of television again? No, I mean just go and go, and you know you'll see the if you greenlit or canceled it, you know, know. and you'll be like, ah, yeah, no, because there's a few that stand out to me that I kind of wish I would have. Which one do we do? And guys, if if you're just catching up with us now, please, you know, go back. We have everything's listed. You can listen to all our old episodes. Almost seventy of them now. I'm trying to remember what show was it that Joe absolutely did not like, and he still greenlit it because he oh. said friends of mine said I'd like it. It was um. That was not my reasoning. It was yes, um. It was your reasoning. It was your reasoning. Uh, and I'll tell you what it was in a second. Just give me a minute. Um, that doesn't sound like me. It is you. You you cannot <laughs> say no to episodes. That's, you have I, such a hard time with it. Cancel Will and Grace. Yeah, that was like you can't live one. on that forever. He canceled canceled more than one. He canceled one last week, and he's he's got that like C. (laughs) All right, we need to look at this and and check back the numbers. I've canceled more than one show. Let me look real quick. (laughs) And I'm on record. I would I would go back and recancel. It was Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park Boys. It wasn't because my friends would like it. I said that I could see it be. I mean, I probably fucked up by not saying that going just on the pilot. I should probably when I go back, I will cancel that to make things right with the world. Which I'm. Again, not to go too much in old episodes, but yeah, Trailer Park Boys is one that, I don't know, I know you guys have a big fandom for. I've only seen them now, just that pilot episode for the purpose of this show. But Joe, the whole episode, you talked about how much you didn't like it. And they went, green light. <laughs> what? I'm taking back my caveman green light then. Fuck you, Jay. Yeah. That yeah one, me too. That one's, that one's Cave- stamped in. Caveman's canceled. Caveman is canceled. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. Caveman clearly got three out of five votes. But in any event, George Lopez, before we even get into the episode, which we've stalled enough, but George Lopez as a comedian, how familiar like were you with him before his run as like a sitcom dad? You mean as like a stand-up? Yeah. Um, I never saw, I think to this day, I don't think I've seen his stand-up. And I'm, a, I'm very into stand-up. Like I love stand-up comedy, but I don't think I've ever watched his for some reason. No, not because I don't want to, but I've just never come across it. Didn't he uh, pull like a, a Carlos Mencia and steal jokes too? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't I think, think anybody's got a bad no, thing no. to say about him. He, uh, I think he, he went after him or someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I think he punched Carlos Mencia in the face once. Actually, I backstage. think you're correct. I yeah. think that's what it was. What it was. Double yeah. points for what a fucking awesome dude yeah, George right? Lopez is. Because <laughs> I was gonna say, I he's one of those people to me that he's just weirdly culturally present. Like he yeah. just seems like he's been on TV and around yeah. for so long that he's you're just got, like, oh, it's George Lopez. He's got big Tim Allen vibes. There's some big Tim Allen uh, energy here, which maybe that explains why. Like again, not to. I know we talked about it at the top, and we can say what we feel or whatever. But I loved this show. This was my kind of sitcom, and also anything that's less than 20 minutes without commercials. Holy cow, that makes my life. I like a show way more. Will and Grace was yeah. 23 see- minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> You see, I got Bill Cosby vibes, but like good Bill Cosby, not the Bill Cosby. <laughs> we Te- television, the, yeah. television, uh, Bill Cosby. To be fair, the theme song for this has a vibes, Cosby not vibes Cosby vibes. Don't get me sadded on the theme song because I was very upset I didn't get the Halo Rider. I, I know that's a bummer. I, but we'll yeah, talk about it. that. Actually, let's get into the episode because I do yeah, want to talk about it. that. Just to start off, the very first scene, it starts with George. He's just heading down to his kitchen. It's um, morning time. He's getting his like morning coffee, getting ready for work. His wife and kids are downstairs. 
his wife's like, oh, I figured out a way you can get more respect at work and like holds a tie up, you know, like this is like I'm the boss because clearly he just got a promotion. That's that's what they're telling us uh, early in the episode. Not new to the job, new to the position at the job. Yeah, I love this, too, because like it's such a classic trope of like, but if you wear a tie, people think you're serious. Mrs. Pac-Man wears a bow and everybody knows she's a girl. It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. fine. No one wears. T- I mean, I love wearing a tie and I do video calls with corporate people all the time i never wear a tie i wear a button uh, up i never put a tie on anymore i think you're seeing the death of like the formal suit in the business world honestly I think you were first too, of all yeah. it's it's not necessary anymore um people people wore suits like on sundays when they went grocery shopping back in the day and like it's oh, just, put like, on your sunday's finest right and it's just i don't know they're expensive they're hot they're uncomfortable so i, I hopefully you know in the next decade or so i want to see them get phased out i do like suit coat and jeans though Mm, yeah, mm, I don't. That's a like t- I always associate that with like Bam Margera. Oh well, oh fuck oh, that. So it's no. the worst. <laughs> yeah. Joe yeah, so you associate it with his mind. garbage. <laughs> oh well, in his run, I was a big. That's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, don't Jay, get me started. Get up and show everybody your hologram tattoo. We'll have to yeah. edit. So, uh, with George, he actually explains the whole the tie doesn't work for me at my job because I work at an airplane parts factory, and he does like a little gag where. He mimics, you know, him getting sucked into an engine, essentially. And he gets a prototype engine? Maybe it was. Maybe the engine was the prototype. <laughs> I will say, though, that it's never not a visual you can't see. When someone says, like, getting sucked into the propeller of a plane, your brain immediately sees it. Like John Emos um, in uh, Die Hard 2. I'll be completely honest. I, I work at the airport. We've established that. You guys, some of you who've been listening for a while might know I work um, for an airline. When I was going through training, part of training is they show you videos of th- that happening to people. No, real videos? Graphic? Not super graphic ones, uh, but they're like, hey, this is a real thing that can happen. See? <laughs> and like, I um, remember when I worked at the airport, I used to, you'd have to drive on the tarmac, and I would always get stuck next to the Cape airplanes as they spun up the propellers. And I'm talking like 15, 20 feet from me is just a spinning propeller. And I'm like, yeah. I hate this. I hate this. Yeah, I hate don't this. Please go. This. Yeah. It's terrifying. Try when you're just like, wing walking and you're just walking alongside of those things you know? <laughs> yeah but yeah i thought this whole they're really establishing right off the bat like this is what he does for a living just throwing that out there with like the very first lines of the show which i'm fine with i think it sets the scene I, a little bit. i think they did a really good job with doing this for the entire episode they got right into it without making you feel like you missed something pretty well and I tried yeah, yeah. to remove myself from knowing about the show. I still think they did a good job. Yeah, that. I don't have as much backlog. Like, I don't watch the show very often, uh, modern day. But it does, like, you get thrown right into the world, but you don't feel lost. Yeah, I love that. You just are like, oh, this is a day in their lives, and I'm I'm here with them. Yeah, and, they, and I think they tell you that he's been there for 16 years. But this is he's new to the role of, of being manager. There's a honk uh, from outside, like, it's his ride to work. But as he's on his way out... Um, his wife, Angie, discovers that their daughter has a fake note in her bag for swimming. She's trying to get out of swimming class. And the note says it's because she has her period. Angie's, she's not even mad. She's like excited that her daughter is becoming a woman. And her instant reaction is, oh, I have to call everybody. And I, I just kept thinking that. <laughs> made me laugh. As a guy, like that's obviously, none of us really know, right? We, we didn't deal with this. You know, Joe and Fergie both grew up with sisters, so I don't know how close to those, uh, you know, how openly that stuff's talked don't about. Don't remember but, it ever coming up, or at least not the first time, you know. Yeah, I, I can just imagine the horror of being a young girl and dealing with that and having the reaction be like, we need to tell everybody. <laughs> Everyone needs to know about this. 
Right, like, I remember joke. being it like... It wouldn't tell everyone. <laughs> I remember the first time people were like, hey, you stink, put deodorant on. This is you now. Like, I remember that, you know? But that that's not like... Times 10, yeah. That's not like a uh, embarrassing thing yeah. so much, you know? That would be like... We don't have a comparable moment. As guys, we really don't. Of it, like, uh, never mind. You know what? You never mind. You just don't. Um, her younger brother Max, the their other child, asks, "Hey, like, what's a period?" George chimes in and just says, "It's a bullet we dodge. Get get ready for school." And smart. I mean, his son was. I would say, what was he? Probably about six, maybe somewhere in that range. Older than that. Yeah, say probably so? about eight or nine, maybe. But really, thought he was that old. Yeah, it's in there. I honestly thought though the joke was gonna be it's what comes after a sentence. Like I didn't think it was gonna be like oh, I yeah, thought that was the easier joke. Though. So I'm glad they went with something that I was like, oh, I see what he's doing here. One thing I remember is not to get more into the future. That kid ages super awkwardly. He doesn't. He's another he gets, one of those kids who kind of never really learned to act either. Yep, he gets big and lanky and can't act. Yeah. Did they ever uh, explain why his middle name is Magic Johnson? What? What? His character name on the show, if you look him up, is. Maximilian Max Victor Roberto Magic Johnson Lopez. So I imagine there must be some episode that is hilarious about when he was conceived and maybe they ran into Magic Johnson or something. I bet it was just canon like he probably yelled it at him once like he was reprimanding him and called him by his full name and it's now just canon for the show. I bet there was no in-depth for that. Maybe, yeah. Like one of those things where it's like, yeah, they say your name and it's supposed to be funny and they don't talk about it ever again. Right, right. We also discover that this isn't the only note in Carmen's bag. She has like over a month's worth of notes trying to get her out of swim class. Angie wants to deal with this whole situation immediately, but George is trying to go to work. That's when his mom runs in because she was the one who was waiting for him. She was the one honking. She called him what, like Rico Suave when she first shows up. So that was like a weird, I don't know. It felt like a forced line. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of forced ones in here, but I guess, you know, pilot of a sitcom, you're trying to get the family dynamic together. They're just trying to show the mom the spitfire. Yeah, also, they're trying to, they really push her character as, like, you know, a little too much sometimes. Yes. George doesn't have time for, like, this whole, we need to be parents to our daughter right now, because he does have to go to work. He says to Angie, why does she need to learn how to swim anyways? We're already here, which was <laughs> fun. I mean, and, and this was, this was... He said, right, there's not a lot of Mexicans represented on television, so he's got, like, first pick of all the easy jokes, right? Such yeah, a, like, pick them off, pick them off, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's a simple joke, but what other sitcom got to use it? So he's he has a full reign. He has a first shot at every generic Mexican joke you can use. He'll be the first one to use it on TV. He also has such a funny delivery that, like, even jokes like that that are, like, low-hanging fruit are funny just because he's funny. He has a super charisma to him. Yeah. So I don't know why he doesn't be like, we have two kids, one girl, one boy. I'll handle all the boys' problem. The girl problems are yours. Well, it, it seems like he gets along better with the girl, though. He might actually want to reflip that. Because if you watch this, ep- like, later in this episode, you're like, he isn't... I mean, they kind of forget that Max exists. He's he doesn't have much. Yeah. He's a punchline for the grandma only. He's not really a character in this episode. What a <laughs> risk you take when you're casting. Like, we talk about how some of these kids grow up and they're just either not good actors or they're awkward. You don't know, right, when you're hiring a... Like, look at Disney, right? Who, I don't know, somehow has a, a magic ball that uh, th- they they hire all these kids who end up becoming, like, the biggest stars in the world. Who no, become, they like, all become crazy. They're all, like, hot adults, though. Like, I don't know what, they, what they're, like, looking for in these children, but they, they nail it on the head, like, guys and girls, like, every time, for the most part. Yeah, it like seems weird JT. to me when you say hot adults, it's such a funny way of saying it because that is a weird way of saying that either there are ugly adults, but also possibly hot children. No, not that's what I'm saying is you can't look at a kid and go like, oh, he's going to be hot 
first. She's going to be hot. <laughs> but like, not. but somehow all these people that they hire become like, you know, the Justin Timberlake's, Britney Spears of the world's, Demi Lovato's, like all those. They have quite the track record of major success. Yeah, you don't know with these kids and you get them young and who knows what's going to happen in a few years. And then you just kind of stuck or you do the typical write them off on a sitcom or recast. They've gone to boarding school or whatever. Is it? We have to see them anymore. Yeah. George's mom's like, you know, they lie to you because they're not afraid of you. And she says, you know, I don't see any of them getting hit. And she's very animated every time she talks. And you, Joe, you just kind of touched on that earlier. At this point of the episode and from this point forward, I couldn't shake it. Every time she speaks, she comes off as Rob Schneider acting like an old Mexican woman. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Snyder is George Lopez's mother. He's gonna find out how hard being Lopez's mother really is. Like, couldn't you see, like, if they told him, like, this is what you need to do, like him just enunciating and acting the same exact way she does every yeah, time? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I heard he was almost cast for this, but he passed up on it to play um the animal, <laughs> a carrot. <laughs> I didn't realize that George Lopez was half stapler. <laughs> Uh, FYI, in my quick Google searching, it seems that George Lopez and Magic Johnson are actually really good friends, so maybe that's why. Oh, okay. I know, I was just reading, I've been quiet, I've been reading all about the sun, and there's nothing about the reasoning. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> mentioning the naming sure. as that, but yeah. uh, I I'm see sure them it was together. Away. Yeah. And then George tells Carmen that, you know, he's going to lie to her soon, and that's going to be how she learns how hurtful lying can be. And as she's leaving, he said something along the lines of like, oh, and I'm going to fix the brakes on your bike as soon as I get home from work. And then she stops because she's like, wait, is that the lie? He's like, hmm. He gives like the shrug. He's like, wear a helmet. <laughs> this is fun because it gives him a license to just be a total shithead to his daughter the whole episode. Yeah. Which is like a great, you know, and he gets to be to her a lot for a 20 minute episode. We're talking about how great an episode is. It's under 20 minutes. Holy cow. It's we talk about my favorite joke in the whole episode because it goes through the whole thing and she just keeps asking like is that everyone the line? every like, every option it, he gives you? is funny. Well, we always talk about callbacks and smarter written shows. They have runners throughout the whole episode where they'll kind of go back to other jokes, and sometimes it's super forced. I thought this was a great example of a joke that it was a small beat in the episode. It wasn't like the main plot point where like what's the lie? Yeah, it's just you know they just kind of keep it going. So there's like consistency the whole way across but then the button on that whole thing was george's mom saying that you know you know he learned a lie from me and it's like well what lie did you say to him it's like oh when we told george that we didn't have enough money to send him to college again really early i gotta be honest i hate her i hate her character so much every time she talks to mother yes i I mean i think that's by design she's just like this this crotchety mean old lady like that's the point but it was like her, too yeah. much like there were points of the episode where and we'll get into them where it was too mean and it like it was like you it, it took the tone from the the show at times i know she's she's always a dick like throughout the whole series but she gets like better i, I don't know if it's better act like that gets the character better or what but like there's not much change but it gets um easier to deal with <laughs> like she yeah. was one of my favorite characters but i'm not wild about her in this episode Later on, do we meet siblings of George's? Because I feel like this sets up the I treated you like shit, but your siblings better. Does anybody else get that vibe at least? You know, like the we didn't have money to send you to college. Like I can totally see in sitcom world, then they meet the other brother or sister who they kind of like, like um like Andy in the office. Yeah, I could say I don't have I have no vivid. Like I said, I've seen a bunch of episodes of the show, but I could not tell you the plot point to a single episode. Other than the one I just watched. But from there, we get into the actual, like, the intro to the show. And this I was curious about. 
So I've always known the theme to the show to be lowrider. Yeah. Is this a situation where it was like for DVD purposes, they couldn't use the song? Yep. Yeah, or, that's definitely what happened. Or was season one different and then they changed the song? The whole series was lowrider. This was a rights issue. Okay. Although I think it's back on Peacock. All right, because I was super curious when it was playing. So the theme is ve- the intro. So to I was the show gonna say simple. I watched it on Peacock. Did you guys not watch it on Peacock? No, I always watch the version that I keep on the drive. Um, that too, so it did play Low Rider. I was thought I was going crazy. I'm like, oh, I must have heard a different song. It oh, does the play version Low Rider in this on one is Peacock, just George Lopez yeah. making weird noises like, oh, <laughs> I did not see it's that. It's porn music. That's, it's more, it's, more Cosby vibes. <laughs> It's straight up porn music with him just doing like ad libs over it. But the first one before like he makes it's it's all different like noises. But the first one is kind of a moan. And you're like, <laughs> what is this? It's not the wrong version opening. So it's like you don't people have on the, the trampoline, people bouncing and then hearing like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? It's so weird. But I don't know if you're going to have to if you have a licensing deal. Right. And this, this is just a problem for the DVDs. And you're gonna give it a generic song. Why did you go above and beyond to have him go into the recording studio to just like moan over some porn music? <laughs> yeah, like, did you need him to like, show up for that? Do, 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 do. Like, uh, just get back in, yeah. Or just like a title card or something. Like, you didn't have to keep the whole people or you jumping make, around. You make a parody of Low Rider. Yeah, you make exactly, a Low Rider knockoff. A sound alike. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm trying to say. Not a parody. This one was so weird, but again, it's tough to judge if it's not how it was originally aired. I thought maybe season one was different. That's what I thought. I was like, because I was like, oh, maybe ready they, for yeah. it, but didn't There's happen. plenty of shows that they change the themes, you know, over the seasons. And also, why do so many shows have intros where the cast is jumping on trampolines? 90s! Yeah. I don't know. It was a big... I know. I, I remember it from that 70s show a lot. Yep. Um, the Man Show? All that. Well, that was Juggies jumping on trampolines. All that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was one I swear we did very recently. I know. I'm too. trying to think of it too. I can't think of I it. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but I know we just covered one that did it. The way the heads just pop up in this, though, was just like the Cosby Show intro we were talking about a couple weeks ago, where like the heads just kind of come out of like profile to the side. Boy Meets World didn't do it, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. No, it wasn't Boy Meets World. I was thinking, could it have been Kim's Convenience? It wasn't California. No, uh, Kim's Convenience is just have them walking through the, the city and stuff. Yeah, it's just cityscape stuff, like a Toronto stuff. It's not stuff. Saved oh. by the Bell. Yeah, I don't remember off the was top of my head. It wasn't step? California Dreams. It's not step by step, is it? No, no, no that's no, the whole that's theme, theme park, park, and that's like 45 oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah. Although, <laughs> half the episode. Although, if you're a new listener and you're hearing us mention all these shows, you go, oh, I love that show. Go back and listen. We've done, we've covered all of them. But uh, yeah, that doesn't really matter. But it's something I've noticed. It's, there's a lot of shows that use trampolines as the effect. I don't know if. It was just a, a fun, like, you know how there's always, like, these editing trends that happen? Like, the fisheye lens got popular for a while. The slow motion thing was probably, like, fun for people to do for a bit and became trendy. So maybe they just, you know, trampolines were a good way to use that effect. So the next scene is when we're at George Lopez's work for the first time. And it's um Powers and Sons Aviation. That's what the exterior shows, at least. George walks into his office while his assistant is taking a call from one of the other like crew members who's calling out for the day. That phone call, that was George Lopez on the phone, right? Yeah, it had, that was definitely yeah. George Lopez's voice. Where he says he's bedriddle. I yeah, thought it was Danny yeah. Trejo. No, that was 100% George Lopez doing a character. Although I'm, Danny Trejo is in one of the later George Lopez shows. I forget if it's Lopez or St. George, but he is one of the main characters, one of the other ones. I can see that. And also... They do a similar voice when they're putting on the uh, 
like when they're doing like their like super kind of cartoony voice, they do sound very similar. Because if you think of when uh, Danny Trejo would do uh, Henrique in King of the Hill, he does the same voice that like the I'm yelling George Lopez does. Like they sound exactly <laughs> the same. So I can hear that. And uh, yeah, that character is Danny Boy. <laughs> um, so and there was no one I saw credited as Danny Boy, which further leads me to believe that it was George Both Lopez. Him, yeah. He not only is he bedriddle, but um, he said he has depression and he needs to move out of his mom's house and move into his aunt's house. It's a whole lot. He's given a lot. That's why he needed a call out. But George says, you're back to Monday. You need to find a new job. And that, and he hangs up on him. That's where that ends. And he was on medical leave. Yes. And his assistant's like, oh, it's, you know, it's weird having you as the boss now. So hey, like, now I, I have to I, respect I, you. I can confirm that George Lopez did play Danny Boy officially. Okay. Oh, perfect. Really? okay. It's literally a... a- a Google question <laughs> comes right up. Was he? May, oh, maybe. Maybe Danny Boy. Episodes, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a recurring thing. A recurring gag. And the receptionist is super zany. She's like a combination of uh, Janine from Ghostbusters and um, is it Molly Shannon from Liar Liar? Who has like the crazy hair? I'm trying to remember what her role was in that. She just worked at the legal office with him. Yeah, and she had like zany hair, and he would he couldn't lie to her about how she looked crazy. I'm trying to say, I'm trying to think of who she like physically reminded me of. Cause she had like a, her look was very of the times. She was had like Molly that. Shannon or was it Sherry O'Terry? Oh, I think it was Sherry O'Terry. I know it was an SNL person, but yeah, I don't I confuse think it those was, two all the time. I don't think it was Molly Shannon. Liar, liar, great movie. Yeah. She looked <laughs> a lot like, um, I thought she looked like, I can't remember the character's name from the later seasons of Boy Meets World. The one who like was the love triangle with Eric and the other one. Oh God, it's been years. Oh, the tall redhead who does porn now? Yes, Maitland Ward is a real name. I I can't remember her character's name. Rachel? Rachel. George then heads out of the office, and he kind of enters like the main line to greet everybody. And we see his buddy Ernie for the first time, who invites him to grab a beer with all of them during their lunch break. And George is like, oh, no more beer at lunch. Can't have everyone working these machines buzzed out. He's like, well, you used to. He's like, those 15 years were a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I've taken so, I mean, like, it doesn't matter. You work from home. I will say I have never gotten drunk on my lunch break working from home. It There's no fun in that. But when you have a physical office, I mean, I'm sure everybody here has gone and had like a too long liquid lunch, right? Yeah. I nope. mean, I've done it. I've never it, had it. It, 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 it does suck, though. Yeah, it, like, it's awful. You become hungover two hours I think we've later. talked about it before on this show, too. It's like when you see those shows where, you know, like they're in the boardroom and everybody's got a glass of scotch or something in their hand and it's like. Where Your do you people kick. have to be? It's it's eleven thirty, and you're all slugging brown liquor. Like, what do you plan on getting done after this? Like, it's not like you're impervious to getting drunk, no matter who you are. So, yeah, in those I don't know. Case, in those cases, you're talking about it's usually like the board of directors. That's yeah, that's how it's played goes, a lot. Like, but it, like, it ruins your whole day. Like, you're like, yeah, you go because if you don't keep drinking, then you're super hungover, and if you keep drinking, you're gonna get way too drunk to function because you're just drinking straight whiskey. I'm a blue collar man, so I don't have those types of breaks where I can just go and enjoy cocktails in between. I've done that plenty of blue collar. Everybody in this episode's blue collar. Yeah, but they're not supposed to. Well, I, yeah, I guess technically my my job is not far from their job. I uh, but no, I do not. I remember one time I was on a lunch break from work and I was working at this retail store. Then it was just like a temporary gig, and I hated it. And uh, I went to get a drink across the street, and their uh, POS system went down. And I had no cash. And he was like, well, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't run your credit card. 
And I was like, what, what should I do? He was like, I mean, you could keep drinking until the machine comes back up. And I was like, that's a great idea. So my half an hour break ended up being like a two hour break. And I came back to work so drunk. It was like, well, the machine was broken, so I couldn't pay for my beer. <laughs> Just like, oh, my God, get the fuck out of here. And at no point did either of us think I could go to an ATM. That wasn't thinking that way at the time. That bar is now a parking lot, I want to say, too. Bummer. Well, business decisions like that. You're just waiting well, I mean, for I the paid, no, I paid for all the drinks. The bartender up. was a genius. I had to pay for them eventually. Yeah, he convinced you to stay and drink more. Yeah, yeah. It he was been hilarious if your card got declined after all that. <laughs> and I just ran out. <laughs> oh, really quick, too. I just wanted to bring up. I know we didn't bring up really anybody in this episode as to things they've done in the past or anything. I don't know if anybody jumped out at you, but somebody in Ernie in this episode is in one of my favorite movies of all time that I watched so much. Probably around the time this TV show came out. He's uh, in Blood In, Blood Out, which I think we've talked about on this before. It's like a three hour long, like epic movie about Chicano gangs and going into jail in San Quentin. It's like one of the greatest movies of all time. I have not seen it. He's one of the main characters. He does pop he... up in things all the time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great actor. Uh, Vincente, I think his name is. Uh, Red... mm. I honestly Valente can't Rodriguez. Yeah. I can't think but he, of a yeah, he pops up all the time. But if anybody gets the chance, it's like three hours long, but if you ever get the chance to see it, it's really good. Um, Benjamin Bratt is one of the main characters. He's a big deal now. He's in the Marvel movies, right? I, I think he is. Benjamin I think he's like Bratt a big is. deal in the Marvel movies now. This guy? Benjamin Ernie? Bratt. No, no, no. God damn it. Hold on. Not Ernie, but one of the other main characters in the movie. This dude is definitely in Marvel movies now. Well, he's I don't also know the on movie. George Lopez. No, he, Joe's referring to characters from a movie that none of us have seen oh, but him. Who cares? Move on. So how are we? Yeah. How are we to confirm that he's in other things if we don't know who's in this movie? I was just saying you should check out this movie, and also this character who's like another big actor is in it. You would know Michael Pena. I mean, you would know Michael Pena. Well, he's in the Marvel movies. That that's the only thing I'm trying to draw. Is trying to think of something that could be in a Chicano gang movie that <laughs> would also be in Marvel movies. You'd know this guy if you saw him. Yeah, you definitely know this dude. He's I, I thought he was in Doctor Strange. He's the love interest in Miss Congeniality. He is, yeah. But he is in Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's what he's in. Yeah, anyways, he tells Ernie that Thirsty's, which is the bar that they go to, is now off limits. And Ernie's like, oh, I get it. It's one of those things where you know what we're doing and we know that you know, but we're just, you know, we're not talking about it. And George essentially goes like, no, that's not the case. There, you know. Thirsty's is now off limits. Ernie's like, well, don't turn into like Mr. Clipboard. Remember the the old Mr. Clipboard and what you used to say about him? And George is like, yeah, I remember. He used to talk about beating him up in the parking lot. Now he's like, that sounds so ghetto now. And he goes into a very valley girl accent when he talks <laughs> about it. But how ghetto it sounds to be um, to beat up the manager in the parking lot. So something about that scene that I noticed is like they're doing this kind of walk and talk. And it's one of those times where so they land at the soda machine. But it's one of those, when you do a standard three, like, camera sitcom, it's always weird when you see the cameras move along with the characters like that. I remember, like, Roseanne was the same thing. Also, like, kind of in the factory situation, which is weird. But, There's um, no pan, usually. Yeah, so, like, was that something you guys noticed as it was happening? Like, the, the difference in how it was being shot at that moment? It didn't, but it was weird. It's weird thinking about it in hindsight, I guess, yeah. It's interesting, though, because it is different, right? So, like, it immediately makes the show feel a little different than, like, it's, most of what we cover instead of just cutting to the next hard camera. Because nowadays, it's like sitcoms are not just these types of shows, right? The family three-camera sitcoms. Now it's but, almost always single camera. Yeah, like, it's so different now. But, like, when you see these 
old school type sitcoms act in a different way, like with their camera work. It really like flags you. I do like it though. That feels to me like a director who was like really giving a shit on the episode. You know what I mean? That this could also only only be a thing that happens in the pilot because the guy they hired to do or whoever they hired to do the pilot is like going all out. You know, like, they're usually like guns for hire too. Like to do like there was a thing actually. The new Boy Meets World podcast, Pod Meets World, talked about it. There's a lot of directors who are strictly pilot directors. They were saying who kind of come in because there's a weird like thing about how they're paid so if you work on a show like you you get residuals so a lot of these guys work on all these pilots because you're linked to the show forever it's like a weird situation Hmm, that's smart i don't get it though because if a pilot director directs a pilot a certain way and then he's not there for the rest of the show you sold it on this pilot and then someone else is going to come in and do it their way but it's different like when you look at a lot of sitcoms you can go through a whole season and every episode is a different director yeah that's just how they do it because shows have such like a their own vibe after a while i'm with ferg though so like a good example of that is um uh manhunter or mindhunter the netflix show that was for a couple seasons it was a great show and david fincher is like the big deal behind it and the first episode he directs it looks everything like a david fincher movie does and then he doesn't direct any other episodes and you're like well you spent so much time making this whole thing look like you and now you just have other people coming in trying to copy you it seems like a weird way to sell the show you know yeah but like with a sitcom it's like i'm sure if you not that we would all be amazing but if you gave me the ones and twos and brought me in for a middle season episode and said this is what we do and this is essentially what your job is you're gonna figure out most of it yeah i guess it depends why, why on a show do like they this change where there's directors. just two two locations there's just a lot of those directors aren't attached to you don't get like hired to do a season of a show but I think people come back to, you see people who do, like, a lot. Like, there are people who've done, like, 40 episodes of Seinfeld or 25 episodes of The Office. Oh, yeah, the, there's a lot of that. The question is, though, why? Why don't you get hired to do the yeah. whole show? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I just don't think that's a thing, like, but I, I don't I, know why. I get it when it's a celebrity-like director. You bring in someone, like, and you can always get a feel for, like, with their episodes a little different. But, like, I don't get why you wouldn't ha- just bring in some guy, put him on payroll for the whole thing. Yeah. and right. It's also... Like, their work. I think part of it, too, is there's different writers, too, for different... Well, I mean, there's, like, a whole room of writers, right? Right, like a writing staff. So maybe it goes by, like, their relationships, and they're like, okay, you you know, it's fucking Steve's job, Greg's job to write this episode, and Greg's like, you know, I'm friends with so-and-so. I think he would direct this episode really well. So maybe that's just... I think the writers and the directors have a pretty symbiotic relationship in the sitcom world. That's uh, based on nothing. I just think that's maybe how it works. Yeah, it's... I think of sh- other podcasts, like I said, like the Boy Meets World one or Office Ladies, where you can, they, you know, they do what we do with the deep dives, but they have a little more insider perspective that they can tell you about. And like with The Office, they always do breakdowns of who directed each episode. And like they have Paul Feig, who comes in and does a ton of episodes. He does a lot, yeah. But Paul Feig also does a ton of movies. So you're not, he, you know, you're like, here's this good at- director who's going to do a good job by the show, but he's not going to lock into us to you know work on this for the next year and a half and like sorry guys i gotta go ruin ghostbusters i'll be back <laughs> you might all he did uh bridesmaids though he's done a ton of big movies bridesmaids is great and he was the skinny counselor in heavyweights <laughs> that's right yeah forgot about that do you know who's a very heralded and uh in-demand tv director who bobcat goldthwait oh right, he's I'll like somebody who'll bring I'll, it on purpose like we i'll were be the gordo about. jay how's your impression coming uh, Jay is still coming off of COVID and can't even talk like Jay right now. <laughs> let might alone... be a better impression now, though. You could be right there. I was going to say, maybe that's better. 
No, it's he has a high pitched voice. It would be nearly impossible for me to get my voice up there right now. Every word I say is a struggle right now. It's hard. It doesn't really matter so much nowadays because we live in like a weird isolated bubble where like you're sick with COVID or you're not sick. And it's been that way for like two years, which is just so weird to think of because you used to get used to being just like sick sometimes. But I used to always do the gizmo from Gremlin's voice if I was getting sick because if I couldn't do it, I knew I was fucked. So right now you feel okay? Mark, why? Yes, he actually sounds a little little chirpy it's, there. So it's Howie oh. Mandel here. <laughs> I just blow a condom up over my face. <laughs> Pardon me, a what? Hi, everyone. My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And together, we host the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical, always humorous look back at pop culture. Join us as we rewatch cartoons, movies, and live-action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question... Does this hold up, or did I just ruin my childhood? Each week, we talk about our childhood memories and dig into the history of everything we watch, sharing fun facts about how things were made and how they were received at the time. More importantly, we always start our show with a nostalgic snack review. Which is really our favorite part. Episodes drop every Thursday on Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, YouTube. Really, wherever you get your podcasts. So like, subscribe, and follow. And revisit your favorite childhood memories with us. All the links to listen are on our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. So anyways, George asks Ernie if he's still coming to the barbecue this weekend. And Ernie's like, yeah, but I need to find a date first. George is like, what happened? Weren't you dating two girls last week? He's like, yeah, it turns out they were dating each other. They were just tricking me, so I'd drive them places. And I, so sad and funny, though. I know. I, Perfect. I love the idea of like a, just an episode of him following around two girls all day, taking them to lunch and shopping. And he's just all like, the this while, is great. All the while, he's oblivious that they're a couple, and he's just buying them things. And I've never heard this gag before, which somebody in the writer's room thought of like a funnier new way around like girls ignoring the guy or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're a couple and they're fucking with you to get rides. That's so funny. Yeah, I know. It's such it's like a shame that it's just like a one off line because I want more of that. I like give yeah, me I want the spin off of this show. Like you can make a whole movie around that concept. But as it can uh as that conversation wraps up, George's mom walks in and heads over to the punch clock and she punches herself in and then like five other people and George's like you can't do that she's like well the doctors told me that I couldn't push your head out of me but I did that too and I don't know I already said I don't really like her character she overacts every time she speaks in this episode for sure I mean maybe she's better do you punch into a clock like this still Jay I have a it's all mechanical now though like Mine's I have a print scanner I have a badge that I like a, okay. a tap thing that I tap against a, a punch in so that gets me but I've never even at like my old job, I had a code I had to punch in, but I never had the old stick the paper in and like hit I don't the think switch. I never had either, yeah. I had it at Park Shuttle and Fly, and um, you had to line it up correctly, and like I made it my mission to get it perfectly in each line. It was not easy, but I did it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've never, never dangerous too. I just stamp. It seems to stamp pretty hard though. But yeah, I know I've never. Yeah, I've never. By the time we were working, this was two thousand two. That's already kind of an outdated system. But yeah, the last I get the I guy. had that needed one that like did anything else was just like you put your hand in it. Yeah, I used to have one of those. Like your whole hand? Yeah. Just like slide the hand in and it like gave all five of your fingerprints, which now punches like, oh, a hole in it to prove that you were at work. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, the the old stigmata machine. (laughs) 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 But uh, George heads back to his office, and now his boss, Mr. Powers, is there. Um, The namesake of the company. It's like Powers and Sons Auto Parts. And he's waiting for him. And George says, good morning, Norman. Mr. Powers replies by telling him to roll up his pants. There's going to be a crap storm coming. And I can't believe Gordo's not on this. Episode. I know. I know. I know. Because from the, here on out, it's so many Gordo poop, and fart jokes. A lot of poopy and fart jokes. Yeah. George's <laughs> line coming up, though, is, uh, got me good. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. he's like, is it falling heavy in the mountains? I was hoping I could do some crap boarding this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but again, where is Gordo? <laughs> We don't need Gordo because we're all laughing at him. He's hitting the slopes. Gordo's actually crap boarding this weekend. That's why he couldn't do the episode. But uh, after that, Mr. Powers gets into the real news and reason why he's there. He said they lost an account and as a result, they're going to have to do some layoffs. And basically tells George, you have to pick. It's either Ernie and his team or your mom and her team. What a shitty fucking situation to put someone in. Your mom or your best friend. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like... You have to fire them and their whole team of people. It's th- it's as if those are the only two divisions, by the way. Like there was no third. It's like a pretty big operation when they show the building outside. I don't think there's just the two teams. <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, who do you guys fire? Um, well, you know what? He leaves it out pretty. Are you talking about between those characters or my best friend? No, in my... real life. Oh, fuck. my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would have to look at the situation like George. It depends. <laughs> I'm sending this audio to your mom immediately after this conversation. My mom doesn't want to work over. anymore anyways. But I'm saying, no, I'm saying like when George had to make the decision, he ultimately took his heart uh, out of the situation and he went with what he thought was best for the company and his own job. So I think in that situation. I know. What I'm saying though is picture. I would do what's best for my mom. I don't care yeah, about the yeah, company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your mom should be more important than your... Although George's relationship with his mother is different than mine, so... That's true. I don't think any of us have ever been stabbed by our moms. (laughs) And there's other things that get laid out, too, that we'll reveal as we talk more about the episode, but if the situation comes down to his mom, there is a contingency plan. So it's not like he would just fire her and, like, leave her out to dry, so... I don't get why Ernie can't move in with them. Better sitcom. (laughs) Ernie's taking care of the daughter... Teaching her how to shave her pew. <laughs> no, no, nope, Joe. Nope, 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 nope. He's going pits, man. But anyways, George says that his mom's been a line inspector there for 30 years. And the boss is like, well, she's probably had some money saved up. It's like, what a heartless reaction to that. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, yeah. That's, that's rough. Like, a lot of people have worked in a lot of places for a long time and have no money saved up. Jobs like that aren't like, yeah, she's probably not getting rich working there either. It's a, right. I'm sure there's no profit sharing. I'm sure there's no crazy 401k. Yeah. And knowing, even says, knowing the end, though, it changes this conversation immensely. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. You're like, what a heartless asshole, but he's really not. Uh, but he is? <laughs> yeah, yes and no. And But he, he does say, no, she doesn't have everything saved up. Everything goes to bingo and cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> that's another line that he said yeah. that made me laugh a lot. And then George says, if he fires his mom, she's going to have to move in with him and his family. And how does he explain that to his wife? And so, th- so that's what I was saying. He did have, like, if it has to be his mom, there's a plan at least. Powers is like, you know, I give you some advice. I'm not married. I have no friends. And both my parents are dead. And he just starts laughing. And that's how the scene ends. <laughs> He's, like, weirdly maniacal through this whole thing. Like, what a weird note to end a scene on. Oh, yeah, my parents are dead and I have no friends. <laughs> Nick, does George re- replace him? 
later on because I don't remember that character. No, he's around for like the whole series as far and and his brother even shows up at one point. It's the Powers brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I figure if he's a namesake, he must be in the show, but uh, he's that actor's what, been in a billion things since the seventies, but he's got the greatest real actor name ever, Jack Blessing. Like <laughs> he should be a seventies cop show guy. He's the guy who's sitting with the other board members drinking scotch. Oh, for Should've sure. Been on thanks. Exactly. Yeah. For the blessing. He would be in a cop show that was him and then like a psycho partner called a blessing and a curse. <laughs> I was like, I can't stand you, curse. You blew up the whole neighborhood. <laughs> but damn it, you're a good cop. <laughs> but damn it, you're a good cop. And the curse is clearly played by like an ex NFL star from the 70s. <laughs> it's just like, him and LT. Like. Bobay Bimpson, maybe. As Joe tries to think of a football player name. <laughs> but uh, so the next scene, George is back at his house and it's night. And you kind of hear the tail end of an argument between Angie and Carmen. And it results in Carmen running into her room. And she shuts the door. So George hears the no- uh, noise and he heads into the hallway. That's where this is all happening. And his wife explains that all she did was talk about the barbecue and how Carmen should wear a bathing suit because of the slip and slide. And Carmen went all Mariah Carey on her, which um, we talked about this last week, too. Dated references that last the test of time. Yeah. Yeah, like Mariah Carey is luckily evergreen. The problem with this reference, though, is do you remember any stories of Mariah Carey going crazy on anybody? Because I can't. She's known to be a diva, like in the full spectrum of what that means. Okay. So I don't recall that, but I, I didn't know if there was like a big story at the time or something that I just didn't remember. If they're talking about her being crazy, if that's what they mean by all Mariah Carey, quote unquote, it I was assume quote unquote crazy. Yeah, it could be that period of her life where she like I remember she showed up to TRL and like gave everyone ice creams. It was like talking erratically, <laughs> yeah, probably right around that era. That, yeah, because she was dating like an old guy from Sony or something, right? And then she left him, and then she kind of maybe that's what it was. Like a not I won't call it a midlife crisis. And she crisis. had babies with Nick Cannon. I told you he's hilarious. Host of the Mass Singer. And Danny Trejo was on that. Huh. Well, there you go. I knew it was Danny Trejo on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Johnny Rotten on that recently, too? He was on it. Yeah. It's I, I, Just so you guys know, I love The Masked Singer. I've never seen it. The problem with The Masked Singer is the episodes are too long in that there's too much filler stuff. I want to see the performances. I want to see who got eliminated. And I don't care about all the video packages and the milking it. And we'll be right back after this. And I get it. I'm trying to... Ex- you know, get the sponsors in there. Sure, yeah, but, you gotta uh, spread time. But at root, if you're watching it recorded and you have the convenience of fast forwarding, jo- anyways, George heads into Carmen's room to talk to her, and all we know is Carmen doesn't want to wear a bathing suit, right? It's this, it's the swimming class, it's all, it's the same thing. I assumed that that it was she didn't get boobs yet, and everyone else did. I, I thought, thought that too, yeah. yeah yep, I thought it was gonna be something to do with her. Also, yeah. It was gonna be that something about her body, for sure. She doesn't want to get into it though. So George sits on the bed next to her and is like, oh, I shouldn't have had all that coffee and chili dogs today. He's like, <laughs> oh, no. Someone's strangling a duck outside today and we're about to hear it. And uh, basically. Step on a duck? Strangling a duck, he said. I've heard a million times. Yeah, I've never on a heard duck. anybody yeah. say strangling a duck. Yeah, there's um, Rodney Dangerfield. Somebody step on a duck? Right. Yeah, like that's where you go to. But yes, yeah, essentially, it was a mouse on a motor scooter in real life before Jimmy <laughs> left. <laughs> but yeah, George is threatening threatening to gas his daughter out of the room essentially if she doesn't say what's wrong. She's like, "Okay, okay, I'm Harry." George is like, "Well, you're my little girl. I don't want you to grow up and like shave." 
but then his transition is like, you know, when let it grow out, and then we're just gonna release you into the woods. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> the opposite of uh, you. I want you to be my little girl forever. Yeah, but then we're gonna hit. we're gonna take you off like your Sasquatch. Yeah, like he he delivers jokes funny, but it made no sense. Right? It's it's just his anything he says is just funny. He's funny, but so it's just so much joke. Yeah. But when you like take the line and you read it, when yeah. I read the joke out of context, you go, huh? <laughs> yeah. But but yes. Joe, this is when Carmen says, but "Don't go to Joe with it." it no, Jay's with listen, me on this one. This is, is the joke. This is, he is. This is what the joke was supposed to be. This is the joke. Listen, it's I so kind of, but you don't have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't I wouldn't go have, to Joe. No, with I need it. you to exp- I, keep going because I need you to explain yeah. to me how this is how the joke right, was supposed. So to So first go. off, I wouldn't have let off the episode with it the way Joe did, but Carmen says it's not just my legs; it's something else too. And George's eyes bug out of his head. Yeah, because like, that's what Whoa. he thinks she's about to say. Like, he doesn't want to have the conversation. And then she points to her armpits. And he goes, oh, you have jungle pits. All right. I didn't really the, grab that. The lead into the joke was that it was something else. And he didn't want to have to have the conversation. It was clearly in a more intimate area was the joke. Yes. Now Joe talks about it appropriately. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I say it wrong before? But not. Nope. So <laughs> that scene came up like when I was watching it, and I immediately go, "Oh no, yeah, Joe's here." <laughs> she said, "You know, this is why I don't want to go to swim class. Everyone makes fun of her." And George's like, "You know, when I was a kid, I got made fun of all the time too. You're stupid. You're fat. Your father's a loser. Your grandma could be a real cruel woman." <laughs> and I, I think, I think that was a real laugh from the daughter too. I think. It wasn't the actor. It act- did seem oh, it was definitely yeah. It wasn't the character. It was the actress that was laughing. Yeah, I feel like that was take one, and she didn't know the line, and she really laughed. <laughs> and then George does, he agrees to let her shave and says, you can use my old grandfather's razor. Is the it one weird that, he- that they, she had to ask? To shave? I think at that why, age. Why, though? Like, why? If, if you're I getting hair shave, like, I don't understand why I'm, you have to ask permission. Well, if you have rules, like, you can't date, you can't wear makeup, you can't. Shave yeah, your legs. like maybe there were just rules given. I don't remember. No, it clearly. has something to do with Spanish culture. I'm pretty sure, but I'm don't quote me on that. I'm just I remember hearing something about that, and I think it was another Spanish like movie I've seen where they wouldn't let the daughter shave. I I'm just trying to think of when I got to an age where I was shaving like my face, and I don't remember. So when you were seven years old, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> if I had to ask or how that happened, but. It is a conversation. I don't just go to the store and buy razors on my own and start shaving without That's bringing true. it up, I yeah. guess. But I also, it seems so insignificant now that I don't remember, which is Do also you remember weird, when you know? we were all 18, Gillette would send you a I razor that, in, the, yeah. in the mail? I forgot about that. Yeah. Which is like, it was like so cool because like you turning 18, so you're already like, ooh, I'm an adult now. <laughs> and Marlboro you get, sent you cigarettes. And then you get like a free razor, <laughs> which is cool. But then they look back and it's like, how does Gillette have every person's at, like age and <laughs> yeah, address on file? And they know some stuff they shouldn't. It's like, where did I sign up to Gillette to tell them when my 18th birthday was? They Your just have. They just like paid the government to get like the draft records because you have to sign up for the draft. So like, we'll take all these names, please. And um. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the joke because it, it does get touched on later. But I like the idea of like this family heirloom razor. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to use that kind of razor on your body. That's the thing too. I was thinking no. like they make even in 2002 was not 40 years ago. You know, by yeah. then we were all shaving. They were they definitely had 
razors for men, razors for women that are designed separately. You know, oh, at that point, you're like Mach three. You had that. Yeah. What is this goo? Was a big thing yeah. that time. The Marines. So like you know, there's all sorts of crazy. And now you have the subscription razors, which is like a big thing. Yeah. So now you just have like his grandfather's old razor from Mexico. That was probably like a single blade. Like, here, go ahead. Learn how to shave on this. Which I think is like more of a fair family. That's like a family heirloom you don't use. You know what I mean? Just leave it in a box. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, or you display know, uh, it or whatever. It's like if somebody gives you like this was grandma's decanter or whatever. You don't actually <laughs> use it to like anything fragile like that. You don't use it because you could break it. You're not going right. to use a hundred year old razor just because it belonged to somebody. You were going to cut the shit out of yourself. That's mama's razor. That's mama's razor. That's how she died. She cut herself with the real razor blade in the razor. We couldn't stop the bleeding. As George is leaving, he says, oh, and don't worry, we're going to take care of that mustache, too. And she's like, she's nervous. But then after me, she's like, wait, is that the lie? He's like, you don't get the whole lying thing. We should have never adopted you. Um, But like I said, I like I do like the callback to that because it's a simple joke. I like that. If you're going to do the callback, don't make it the main plot point. Make it something simple to just tie everything in. Also, with everybody, chemistry-wise, he has the best chemistry with Carmen. They do yes, very, but yeah, I'll say this, too. Chemistry. And I know it's just a pilot, and I've already said how I feel about the mother. I didn't think she was a very good actor, either. Now, I don't know if she grows into the role over the years, and I don't remember having issues. Like, I've watched the show. Oh, like I was saying I said, they had not- good chemistry. I thought they had good chemistry, but I thought her... No, I mean, like, I was saying that him and Carmen had good chemistry. And- yeah. But I don't think Carmen's acting chops are that great. The daughter? Yeah. I think she's good. I think she's good, yeah. Really? I didn't, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I didn't think she was terrible, but I thought a couple lines were really overdone. She's way better than the son, which we didn't get the hair. We didn't speak, much, right? yeah, I'd have nothing to go by. Well, he was too he, busy playing basketball outside. He is Magic Johnson after all. <laughs> so George heads downstairs after that, and he's talking to his wife in the kitchen. And I realized at that point, we don't see their living room at all. Oh, good call. Yeah, you just yeah, see. Yeah, it's the- literally just the bedroom and the kitchen. And the Two backyard. bedrooms, a kitchen, yeah, and the backyard. Yeah, it's. We- I thought it was weird. At the end, that's- you see George's bedroom, too. Because it's such a staple of every family sitcom. Like, the living room is the main area, and they don't enter it once in this episode. We're just going to assume there's an alcove in there. And usually we talk about, like, all right, pilots, sometimes they skimp out on the sets and they keep it condensed. But there was a good amount. Like we said, we went through all the rooms. They did a backyard set. They had his job. Yeah, there's the works. There's two work sets because there's yeah. the floor and the office. The two offices. And, and the boss's office. Yeah, yeah. so they, they didn't skimp out on sets, but like there's just no living room, which I, I thought was really interesting. That's when I realized it. Yeah, it's really you guys, interesting. You guys didn't pick up on that? I didn't at all. And usually I, I pick notice. up on that weird minutia, like the back, the back door of uh, Bless This House, right? Like I try to watch for those things or like how often you see an alcove yeah. in the living room and i wonder if they show it in other episodes I've, I've got to assume they have the living to, room right? it's yes. a weird yeah thing. no it's definitely a part of the show it's a weird thing to show a family sitcom and never show the living room like that's the main room he comes downstairs he's telling angie about the conversation he just had with carmen he's like you know what like i thought i had it tough at you know at, at my work but man what you have to do here with like the kids and the house that's a lot he's like Wait, don't you, you see the living room now? Like when she walks off and then no. she sits in the chair and then That's I was gonna bring that up. That chair is in the dining room area. It's just a random chair. And that's oh. always there too. They have like a computer over there at one point. Like yeah. 
I think I it just is. assumed that was the living room. It's but like no. it's kind of I'm like so um, now. I don't know. Maybe they were kind of going for like the home improvement vibe, where like everything is kind of in like that open area, kitchen dining area. Because yeah, the home improvement house is like a super open floor plan. Yeah, but. There's a defined TV couch area. The home, the home sure. improvement house is not structurally sound. <laughs> There's no, no support. There is no posts holding up that oh, second maybe floor. Maybe Tim built it. <laughs> yes, that makes the most <laughs> sense. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. Um, I killed Wilson. Like, <laughs> like I was saying, George was saying to her like, oh, all these things you're dealing with in the house. You know, it'd be funny if I like fired my mom and made her the maid. <laughs> like that would be funny, right? And she's like, wait, what? And uh, because he was trying to push that, like, oh, you know, that you'd be all right with that, right? And George then explains the situation at work, and he has to fire either Ernie or, or his mom, and he's gonna have to go with his mom. But if he does that, she's probably gonna have to move in with them. And before Angie even has time to react, Carmen walks like down to the steps a little bit and asks if Max can lock his door tonight. He had another dream that Grandma tried to kill him. She's like, see, this is what you want to bring into the house. <laughs> And then I think, like, you, you guys are talking about how Max doesn't have a lot in this episode. If this was an opportunity for him to run down the stairs and say yeah. this, right? I wish they showed the dream sequence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this would have been a great, like, type of thing you could have done. But um, And then Angie's like, you want to bring that into your house? Like, wasn't your childhood bad enough? Do you want to relive it? And George is like, she's changed. And she's like, how? Well, she's been smoking for 20 more years. Even if she's kicking my ass, she's going to have to stop for a smoke. And I was like, what are really, he's joking about it. And it's, you know, but uh, they make it like his childhood was terrible. Yeah, you see how she treats him now? Him having a very rough childhood. Yeah. It's like, so she was abusive and mean to you all the time. And it's like, just this like, ha ha ha, that's my mom. But it's like this whole episode, in this episode alone, the amount of times it's brought up how bad of a mother she was to him, like growing up is insane. I because will say she though, had to Nick, be both the like... mother and the father because the father was gone. But that's not touched on in this episode. We and don't even know then, that, yeah. You could still be a nice person to your child, you know, even if you're doing double duty. <laughs> duty. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was going to say, like, as somebody who has smoked for 20-ish years and Nick, if you're in the same boat as me, imagine chasing somebody or having to fight somebody 20 years ago versus now. You're giving up earlier. Oh, yeah. It's not the same as it was. That's getting older in general, because I'll sure, tell you. But like on top of that, you know, I could go down all the stairs in the World Trade Center. I don't think I go up all of them, you know. George tries to go back to that coffee and chili dog thing, but Angie's like, <laughs> I'm immune. I, we've been married for 14 years. But what was he like? I'm going to fart on you until you let my mom move in. Was that the angle <laughs> I, I there? I love that that's his go-to in yeah. life. Then she was like, she's used to it. Yeah. <laughs> if that's real, though, if he is really, he's got chili dog and coffee gas i don't care if they've been together for 20 years not immune that is still like i'm leaving the room i don't want to be with you scenario but you can't like i just even the idea of with this daughter i get it like i'm gonna like gas you out of your room and this is the you don't want to leave the room you're not gonna be like you can't just like fart in the kitchen and, and your wife's like okay your mom can move in that's not it doesn't quite work the same way it's also very childish I think he's trying to get out of the conversation at that point. I yeah. don't think he's trying to force her hand. I think he's trying to just be like, please leave now. I'm yeah. scared. And they have like a little bit of a weird, quiet, flirty moment where they're just kind of poking each other. And she does eventually cave in and says, you know what? Fine. She can move in. 
And this is when she this sits was in actually going to lead to sex and was like, wait, is this their weird thing? Because he has just mentioned that he is not feeling well. And she's like, well, I don't give a shit. Like, that's yeah. fine, I guess. If you're like, I'm immune to it, but not turned on by it. I guess he can't get pegged, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> and then he. Uh, did you just break? <laughs> but uh, in any event, that's when she sits down in this sofa chair that's just in the kitchen. And um, I did take note of it. So I, I thought that was really weird. So like, is this how we get around the living room thing? Just throw, just throw uh, Put like a recliner in there. Yeah, that's good enough. Right. And she tells George, you know, well, you're going to have to make it up to me. And she's getting very flirty. And he goes, I'll go stretch. And she's like, no, I want to watch you fire your mom. <laughs> like, I'll do it slow. I love to get sexual about this. <laughs> but I do think um, George and her do have good. I think they have really good chemistry. Yeah, I agree. They do. And she's a real looker. And they don't do what they like most sitcoms do is like make the wife like this overbearing, annoying, like Raymond's wife comes to mind. Or like, Jill. From Home Improvement. Or Jill, exactly, yeah. Who just, I always like, felt with never, Jill, though, there never was meets justification. them on their level. Like, um, Well, yeah, but, I mean. Jill's put in impossible situations yeah. all the time. And she was like, come on, Tam. Tam. Like, and we've covered, Tam. again, I feel like this episode is the theme is we've just brought up every show that we've covered in the past. But if you think of, like, Everybody Loves Raymond, you couldn't, like, understand the wife's point of view because it was just like, Hey, my mom's going to watch our kids while I go out. And she's like, what? Enough of that. It's like, well, that's a normal thing. Yeah. Whereas I don't Tim's think I've like, ever hated a sitcom mom more than I've hated Deborah yeah. in that episode. <laughs> but in like, in like, with Home Improvement, it's like, hey, I almost blew the house up and did all these things. So you can understand why she's fed up all the time. And she's actually more of a team player. So from there, we get to the, the barbecue scene because we've heard about this barbecue throughout the episode. Carmen heads out to the yard to give her dad two packs of hot dogs that she's holding under her arms. When he asks her what she's doing, she's like, my arms are burning. Your grandpa's razor is so dull, it took forever. He's like, well, you changed the blade, right? She's like, was I supposed to? He says, that was the blade we used to shave grandpa right before we put him in the coffin. <laughs> and she runs off. And Angie's like, this is why you don't lie to people. And George to Angie privately is like, that wasn't a lie. <laughs> I'm glad they were able to make this joke run so well through the whole episode. What? Because there's so many different situations. Here's the thing. Shame on the parents in this situation. You just left your daughter to learn how to shave on her own. Also, your armpits are very tender. Yeah. First off, you gave her the old razor. Did you give her an extra blade and say, hey, you have to swap it out? Did you show her how you to know, swap it out? You just assume she knows how to do that. Yeah. Right. She's a, ch- a child. Yeah. Also, and she's that hairy. She's. It's too long for like a straight razor or something. Like you need like a buzzer and then shave it like the rest off. Like, but like, isn't terrible. that a moment where, like, I'm trying to remember. Like, I don't know if my dad. Hairs. I feel like my dad must have shown me how to shave right because they're supposed to. I don't know if he did though. I was I taught by sitcom dads. Somebody did. Homer but, Simpson taught me. But like, yeah. So I would have thought her mom would be like, "This is how you shave your legs and stuff like that." So. If the mom was there, though, she would have given her one of her lady razors. Because, you know, there's always, like, come in a pack. So then they wouldn't have had this joke. Right, and they're made for more sensitive skin and stuff. Because they're not for, like, your stupid face that gets hit with wind and rain and is just, like, you know, hardened. 
But for like, Man you know, face. for S1E1 purposes here of the extreme deep dive, this whole shaving situation was handled very poorly by the parents. Terrible. Very This poorly. is terrible parenting. Agreed. I don't have children, and I will still stand on the fact that this is bad parenting. Yes. Also, I've shaved my armpits before, and I know her pain. because I've, I've gone razor burn down there before. Not before worth too. it. I've nared everything before, too, and that is not a fun couple weeks coming back. I've yet. nared my back. That's it. Just nared my whole chest and armpits once. It was great the first day. The next day, I was in. It was like two weeks of just nightmare. How much faster could you swim? Oh, I was pretty quick. Yeah, I was like an eel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're bringing back flashbacks of the smell of near. Oh, the smell is so terrible. Bad, yeah. Like, oh, leave it on for eight minutes exactly. If you go ten seconds over, it will burn your skin off. We're all oh, such okay. manly men. Nearing our bodies. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, I uh, I always hear this, like, people talk about this with, like, GHB, which obviously I've never done, but it's like, GHB is this wonder chemical that does so much good for you, unless you take one drop more than you're supposed to, and then you die. It's like, oh, Nair is the same way, or it's like, you just wipe all the hair off. No one has ever done it in time to just cleanly wipe your chest hair off. It's just a nightmare. No, you always leave some, and then you still got to shave that area, but now the skin's tender. Oh, it's so raw and <laughs> <Yeah>. pink. It's <laughs> well, like an un- it's like a half-plucked chicken. <laughs> you're done with it. I've also waxed my back. Ooh, hey, how was that? I was there. It was at Nick's house. It's still on YouTube. <laughs> did you scream Kelly Clarkson like uh, Steve Carell? <laughs> no, but I did scream. It was a lot of screaming. It was, it was quite the event. I can't imagine it feels good. It does not feel good. It's just one of those, like, is the juice worth the squeeze there? No, like, I that's d- why I've never done it yeah. again. Did you do your whole back or just, like, the pelt? Whole back. Whole back, wow. Do you think there's been a moment where, like, a girl was on the fence with you and went, oh, he's got some back hair? It's a me thing. I hate yeah. it. I hate the look of it. I'm with you. I, I I don't have a very hairy back, but I do have, like, the pelt thing, you know? Like, I also have you as friends, and you're all judgy as fuck. <laughs> but I'm I'm like a hairier human than you are. Everybody on this call is super fucking hairy. Everybody in this is in the same boat. <laughs> so Ernie heads over to George and says that it's a you know it's a great party, and George is like, oh, where's your date? And he says, oh, she's been parking the car, but it's been like an hour. <laughs> and there, there's a couple things there. I can't wait to see Ernie going forward. Yeah, why is she parking his car? Because she stole to steal it. And also, yeah, but in his head, he's like, oh, that's normal. And then also, why would he wait an hour before even saying hi to George? It's not a huge party. Maybe George was busy being a host. You're at your best friend's house for an hour, and you don't walk up and say hello real quick? But also, if he was busy being a host, he would have said hi to people who showed up an hour ago. Yeah. Maybe maybe Ernie was last on the list of the hey, 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 hey's. Maybe. Perhaps. I, I find it a little strange if he was there for that long. Ernie then starts talking about how he's heard rumors about layoffs. And George is like, I don't want to talk about that right now. And as this conversation's happening, his mother happens to walk by. Ernie's like, I knew it. It's me. Like, I'm getting fired. And his mom's like, come on. Like, you want to be the boss? Go sit your friend down and tell him the truth. And George is trying to tell her, like, hey, you don't know the situation. He's like, you've always been like this. You always want to be the good guy. Grow a pair. And he's like, Mom, can I see you in the kitchen, actually? She's like, sure. And I'm like, does she not realize isn't this just the situation she laid out for Ernie? So now he's calling her into the kitchen. She's not picking up on what this means. Well, she's an inspector. She has a very important job. So her being laid off is very unlikely. 
in her head, probably. So she's pro her being the one that got fired by her own son is probably didn't even cross her mind. Especially I think that's one yeah, virus for, like she says. <laughs> it's the blindsiding aspect that she never expects it would happen, so she can act completely um, like removed from it. Yeah. And when they sit down, this is when he does say to her, like, it's not Ernie, it's another department. And still she's not picking up and she's she kind of wants the tea. And he finally has to say, it's the inspectors. And he says he's sorry, but he has to do what's best for the company. She's like, we're family. Was the company there when you won your Little League trophy? He's like, Ma, you weren't there. You dropped me off. It's like you left me at the curb. Yeah, it was I one saw of my that. I saw that joke coming. That one was one I saw from Super a obvious, away. but I think it was probably my oh, favorite was, joke of the episode. It was funny, don't get me wrong. At least but she I, gave him I a ride. I knew the next line was going to be something like, you weren't there either. Something yeah. like that. Like, or like, you were sleeping with the coach or yeah, something. Yeah, they would have found something. But it does tell his mom, like, you know, I talked to Angie and it'd be okay if you moved in with us. And she's like, oh, Angie, what an angel. She's like, she's got you like this. And like holds her hands up doing like the holding you by the balls thing and walks off. I didn't goes, get that. No. And then he goes, there's more room now that you let go. And again, I don't a get her line. joke or his joke in that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that one missed a little bit. I just I didn't understand it. Maybe it was hilarious, but it went over my head. No, Angie agreed. You can come here and live with us. And she's like, she has you by the balls. She just agreed so you can move in the house. Yeah, yeah like I, it's not a bad thing, or like it's not. It was he decided he asked his wife to do something, and she said yes. This is her being a control scenario. Yeah, and then his reply yeah. is like, "Oh, she can have me by the balls because now you don't have me by the balls." Like, what? Or, or maybe it's she means because she's allowing it, um, she, he's in debt to her. So now she's got him by the balls. Oh, like why did you even have to ask her? Maybe something like that. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Like I said, it didn't didn't make sense. It was a bad yeah. joke. And yeah, it was a weird like with one of very few. So I'll give it to them. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they, it's fine. their hit to miss ratio is very high in this. Yeah. So you're allowed to have a few misses. And then after that, the next scene is George walking to his boss's office. And he tells him, you know, I finally made a decision. And he's going to lay off his mom and the inspectors. And he goes through the thought process as to why. Essentially, Ernie's apartment, if they laid them off, they'd have to outsource. And that would cause like a trickle down effect. And then there'd be more outsourcing. Whereas Ernie's department can't technically inspect their own stuff. So you can get rid of that department. So I do like that they used a little bit of logic too in describing that. Like you didn't need the extra note, but I think it it made the situation a little realer. It makes him not seem cruel for just firing his mom or having to make right, a choice. Yeah. So there's logic By behind why coin. He has reasoning to do it. And Powers says, "Good for you." You know, it's a big thing in a boy's life when he gets to fire a parent. He's <laughs> I like love this whole spiel. My pop never saw it coming. It was a good birthday. <laughs> <laughs> So this guy is heartless, just so heartless. George is like, well, it wasn't fun when I had to do it yesterday. And he's like, wait, what? He's like, you weren't supposed to actually fire her. It was a test. And George is like, a test? That's why I work in a factory. I'm not good at tests. <laughs> that, I think, is one of the best realistic lines. Because every one of us have done that kind of job. And it totally rings home, you know. I, I work in that type of job. And we often joke about this is why we work in this type of job. Right, you yeah. Know? I've spent you know? a lot of my days unloading trucks. You know what would have been a really interesting plot point is if it really if it was a test, but he laid all that out to him and he realized he could save a lot of money and then he fired them. 
Yeah, you, like, you bring of, up some good points. points. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you know, you got a good point there. That's fucking great. That is such. Mm. How often do we write these shows better, Ferg? That is wonderful. Right? <laughs> and Powers tells him, like, you're the first guy who came from the line who's actually made it to manager. I need to see what your loyalty to the company was. And I didn't know if you were capable of firing your own mother. And George is like, oh, you want to know what I'm capable of? I quit. Powers, like, he just runs up and tries to stop him at the door before he can leave. And he's like, is there anything I can do to make it up to you? Please stay. I can't run this place by myself. Can I just say that um, this really shows George is a really good actor. Like, it's a completely different than he's been the entire thing. But that was, yeah. like, real rage. and like, He got yeah. serious, yeah. Yeah. Showed his acting chops. George's reply to him was like, I want you to shut down between Christmas and New Year's from now on so everyone could have a little time off. Powers, who was desperate a second ago, was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, that'll cost way too much money. He's like, well, I got some news for you. We don't work that week anyways. We just stand there and talk about what an SOB you are. <laughs> fa la 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 <laughs> That is a perfect line, too, because I, I mean, anybody who has a job, in the general, if you work with any other company, like most people are just not working or if there are people in the office or they're around, they're doing the bare minimum. So why make anyone be there who doesn't have to be? Right. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I have to work every holiday. I don't do a damn thing when I'm there. Yeah. Because there's nothing to do. Like no one else is around. Yeah. You know, like Boeing isn't calling the Powers brothers or Powers And sons, you know, on Christmas Day, oh, we need this airplane part. You know what I mean? It's just not happening. Like yeah, Greg Boeing is at a family party. He's not doing <laughs> I, shit. I unfortunately have one of few jobs where every day of the year is the same, yeah. and holidays have zero meaning as far as what needs to happen in a I day. Mean, uh, so oddly enough, I think it's probably busier on that day, isn't it? Though not always, depending on which holiday. Sometimes the day of, but especially that, like the couple days before and after. Even with that company for over a decade now, though, right? You must be yeah. pretty okay on taking holidays off. For the most part, yeah. I mean, I if I need a holiday off, I don't have to work it. But yeah, I mean, but that's because of how long I've been there. Right. So, seniority. you know, essentially, there's plenty of people that do have to be there, whether they like like it or not. Right. But in any event, during all that, uh, Powers, Jim Powers is his full name. He agrees. And George adds, and I want a two weeks off paid. Not for me, for my mom, which I guess is fair because of the fake firing thing, right? That's, it's not just like this allegiance to his mom, but because of this, like this is the makeup to the situation. Yeah, but he fired the mom's department. The whole department, Why don't all of them get weeks off? Because they didn't know, because there's a chance that no one else knew but her at this point. Who knows? Yeah, but she's, they're at a friendship level where she's punching them all in. They're all close. She's probably probably calling them all. all. Yeah. Yeah. They probably would know if you're right. I forgot what the punch in part. It's just a, you just need to ignore that, I think. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just like, oh, I'll, fine. I'll give her threes. Like, I don't like her anyways. (laughs) And they shake hands. (laughs) And I guess it's like, are you, so it's just, I just rather her not be here. So whatever. Yeah. So now George heads to like the main line and he addresses the whole crew and he's like, uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of rumors about layoffs, but I want everyone to know they're not true. Actually, I have some good news for you. And he tells them about the week off in their silence because I think in all their heads are like, well, what's the catch here? So he says, with pay. And everyone starts cheering. Yeah. And I like this little back and forth with Ernie and him because now Ernie's like, oh, let's go to Thirsty's. First round's on me. And George's like, I'm in. He's like, George is back. And he's like, but if I catch any of you drinking, you're fired. 
like, I still like him, but I'm disappointed. And he's, still, he's still like, because he's still doing this as a big announcement to everybody. I like the way that that played. Yeah, I like the great. idea that they all go there in just order, like 17 Cokes. Just like, okay. It's like being at a kid's sad. birthday party where there's like the, the all right, big pictures of Cokes come on the table. That'll be $15. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, please tip big. And Even the bartenders are mad. Like, yeah, like no one would be sucks. happy. And during this, George's mom walks up and they kind of walk off separately. And she's like, so what happened for real? And he's like, well, don't worry about it. You got your job back. Just be happy. And she's like, you couldn't pull the trigger, could you, Mr. Good Guy? And I'm like, I know, I know I can say still going it, at him. But like, it like, seems unnecessary. How yeah. unnecessary at this point? You just got your job back and now you're yelling at him, calling him soft. Did you take a pay cut? Did you beg for mommy's job? It's like, what the, like, what the fuck? Like, it bothered me so much because of how unnecessary it was. Okay, you want to be mean to him once in a while and, like, you say jokes at his expense. But this is a point where you're, I felt they were, like, the writing team overdid it. Why well, I mean, he... as far as I know, this is how George Lopez actually grew up. So I think he wanted yeah. that in the show. Like, like, it's his call. Yeah. Because yeah. she's, like, badgering him, like, oh, I got your job back. And she's being viciously she's meaning her to him now than when she found out that she lost a job because he said before he goes the way i grew up there was no option besides comedian he's like there was nothing else was ever gonna work so i think it was his it's actually his grandmother who raised him and she was just like this awful rude bitch to him all the time so i think he wanted to portray that with benny and they did a good job if uh i guess if you know who raised george lopez they're probably spot on and out of curiosity when somebody pulls that much of their real life into it instead of just being like and in this show i'm a mechanic yeah (laughs) right you know also because because george looks so old like all the time i feel like benny looks too young to be his mother yeah i mean she probably is honestly sitcoms do that all the time yeah so you guys mentioned her name is Benny. That was never brought up in this episode, right? No. It was always just like your mom. Even like when yeah, the boss is talking so, about yeah. her. I feel like they say it. I think they I just say your mom. Yeah, I don't think it got it got mentioned at all in this episode. As they're yelling, George is like, he tells her exactly what happened. The whole, I was being tested. And she doesn't believe him. It's like, well, you always say you can tell when I'm lying by looking in my eyes, right? Looking in my eyes. And she looks and he goes, I fired your ass. And she stares like, you fired my ass. And she's like, I'm proud of you. And she says how like his balls finally dropped. Yeah, didn't expect that. I did like, I thought the before the balls drop joke, I did like the realization because it's the first time in this whole episode where she doesn't seem like she's so over the top. Like she finally seems like a real human when she says that one line where she's like. For one line until me. the second line. Yeah. Until yeah. the, until the follow up. Without her even pausing, yeah, said something unrealistic again. You see, it's not legit hate; it's tough love. And like you see it there when she's like, "Oh, I'm proud of you." I feel like by forty, though, the tough love has to like wane a little bit. A little bit, yeah. He's your boss. He's doing okay. Well, by by then, it's a um, it's a habit. <laughs> I guess. But like again, like Jay said, like he's in his forties. He owns a house. He's got a kid, two kids, two kids, a wife. Like he's doing all right. You've done okay. He's got a house in Southern California, by the way. Right, which yeah. is not inexpensive. At no point in time was cheap. Never. I don't see yeah. the California dreams whenever he wants. I don't think they establish <laughs> it, but it is where they are, yeah. Do they even say, like, state or anything like that? Not there was really episode, nothing, no. right? Yeah. And no, I do like him. that 
I was just saying now, Ferg, I'm uh, I'm just hoping that he takes her out to a nice dinner at a, like, fish restaurant and California Dreams are playing in the background. Like, that's their next gig. Like, I love the carryover of this. Surf dudes with attitude. Surf and I'm turf dudes with attitudes. <laughs> Captain Fish Hooks. <laughs> that's what I assume the restaurant's called. When, when this episode's done and, we, and it's released, I want to take a pen. And tally mark every old episode we did that we've referenced. I feel like it <laughs> had to be lot. at least at least twenty five episodes that we brought up. Hey, every the show we go, needs a the clip show, happen. Jay. Yeah, <laughs> George Lopez, aka the Clip Show. <laughs> every sitcom got one. That, but to go back, that scene buttons with Mom. They don't make Hallmark cards for people like us, and they kind of walk off together, which I thought was a. I really liked that line. I thought that was a line that I don't know. It just it resonated. Yeah, no, I do like that. Like, it gives you the, this is where this show is going to be. This is the family dynamic. Yeah. It's a good I think that line. way. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't, listen, my upbringing was not George Lopez. And I didn't have, like, that abusive situation at home. But, like, was my family the typical hallmark? Like, hey, oh, Dad, let's is, play yeah. a catch. So it was, like, that line to me was, like, because you see that stuff and you go, like, this isn't. You read these cards like this isn't how I feel. Like I don't even feel like I can give this card to my parent. Um, so I I do I just I don't know something about that line just felt so real. I really enjoyed it. And we get to the one final scene, which was in the master bedroom, which was fucking huge. A big master, huge, yeah, even for a TV yeah. set. The bedroom was gigantic. Angie says she's proud of George for how he handled everything, and they're kind of laying in bed together, and the kids run in. And we find out Max had another bad dream where grandma chased him with a knife. So now all four of them are in bed. And then right behind them is grandma <laughs> holding a knife. And the whole family screams, which I thought I, I like that a lot. I don't know. I liked George's scream the most. <laughs> yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. And then she just goes, who wants cake? <laughs> End episode. It was so weird. It was a really I weird know. Why would thing? you just like, walk around with the knife? <laughs> why is she in the house? Yeah. They're so all asleep. Yeah, because everybody there? else is in bed. It's not cake time. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's <laughs> going to bed. You don't live there, and you're just down there with a cake? <laughs> and none, yeah. none of it makes sense. Like I know that's a running gag in Golden Girls where like nobody can sleep, and it's 2 in the morning, and they have cake, but that does not seem to be the issue here. Not, yeah. No. You don't just show up late at night with a cake and then just walk around with this giant knife. That's not a cake knife. Maybe she showed up because she heard about Benny's dream. I'm not, she's Benny. I'm sorry. She heard about the son's dream and she wanted to fuck with him. I mean, it seems like that's the character to do it, right? Yeah. I think, um, pulling the fact that there's no logic behind it. I did think it was a nice last scene for the, for the show. Yeah, you're leaving out. It wasn't just a knife. It was a giant fucking butcher knife. Well, as I said, it wasn't a, it's not a cake cake. knife. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's it's not what you cut a soft cake with. It's what fucking Michael Myers walks around with. Yeah. It's like, are you filleting meat? But yeah, that was, uh, that's the conclusion (laughs) of the episode. Um, so yeah, as a whole, George Lopez, I think I said the writing was, there was a lot of jokes that didn't land. There was some, I thought the end scene, there was some things that just, they didn't follow. Like they had these, a lot of sitcoms do it. They have the joke, and then they don't care how they get it in there sometimes. They just, the joke was written down. They're committed to it. I think the show is a little bit of a victim of that at times. But overall, um, not bad. There was a lot of clever writing in there, too, like we talked about with the, the telling the lie runner that happened. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was, uh, there was a lot of nice buttons on every scene, and um, they even tied up the whole episode the right way. So 
I don't know. It just the whole flow of the show just seemed really organic for. I mean, especially for a pilot too, like uh, which can be rocky just by their you know nature. So I think they did a great job. Yeah, Jay, you had mentioned it earlier where, like, you get dropped into their world and never once do you question it or have to figure out where you are. You're never drowning in this show. You're constantly, like, aware of the setting, the people. It's comfortable. And a show like this to find out, that, especially for me who's never seen it before, that there's over 100 episodes is, like, oh, fucking amazing. Like, that's on the list now. Yeah. Once, you, when, once you're all caught up with Reba. Oh, I finished Reba and we're now on to Shameless. Okay. Starring Ooh. one of the main characters from Reba. I don't know if I'm I've ever so seen excited Shameless. for you. Uh, Shameless is amazing. Yeah, I had never seen it before either. Is that the William H Macy show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never, I never saw it. It's uh, good. High recommend so far. But Joe, don't ever watch the British one. It's unwatchable. Oh yeah, there is a British one too, huh? Yeah, it's what the this is. I don't know if this is a reboot or a retooling of the British one. The British one was first, as and, they uh, tend to be. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen it though. They have these really strong, like Cockney accents, and it's like you can't understand them, and it's just really hard to watch. And I love British television, and it's like the first one. I'm like, oh no, subtitles only. <laughs> but um, yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up about the show before we go on? Not here. No, we talked a lot about this show, as we tend to. We do. Uh, so, yeah, so nothing left to do here but the Green Lantern cancel. Guys, we don't know Gordo's vote yet, so you'll have to stay in touch on social media, S1E1Pod. On Instagram, there will be a graphic up at some point of the week that, you know, when this episode's out. So keep an eye out for that, and then you'll find out the final score if it doesn't, um, if it's a tiebreaker situation. I will be very honest. I don't think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker. Yeah, don't hold your breath. But for argument's sake... Follow us on Instagram anyways, S1E1Pod. But I'm going to go in the order I see you in. Nick, starting with you. Yeah, I think I made it pretty obvious. This is a green light. It's just a lot of fun. This is, um, you know, removing my nostalgia for this show, which I did watch a lot back in the day. Um, it's just well done. Um, the ca- All the characters are, you, you get to know all the characters and you like them all with exception to the mother who you're not supposed to like. So I think they nailed every aspect of each character that you wanted um max is a little young they're not really gonna delve too much into his character um the da- oh, what the hell's the daughter's name why can't i think of it carmen? carmen carmen yeah um carmen was good for her age um again we've talked about it a thousand times you can really miss with child actors sometimes they can just suck and i don't think that was the case with her anyways rest of the cast great writing good funny was funny and uh, I really enjoyed it, and it made me want to keep... It was a struggle to not just let this keep going. Uh, I really wanted to do it, so green light. Ferg. When we did Will and Grace last week, I was about 15 minutes in, and it felt like I was an hour and 20 minutes in. When this one ended, I was like, holy shit, that's already over, and that just shows how much more I enjoyed this show than Will and Grace. So I just like to cancel Will and Grace again, but um, this <laughs> definitely gets a green light from me. Um the comedy is just so good, and it's they're just all so likable. The way they deliver the jokes and stuff, even if it wasn't the best episode, I would have greenlit this just because I enjoyed it so much, and I intend to continue it uh, later tonight when I go to bed. Joe, I feel like I don't have to say anything. I feel like everything Ferg said is exactly what I feel, straight down to the 
misery I had watching Will and Grace versus watching this. And I take pretty intense notes. I have like six or seven pages of notes every episode we do. And I always will look up when I pause to finish writing at how far along I am on a show. Will of Grace was a tough one where every time I saw like 17 minutes left, 15 minutes left, I just dreaded it. And this show, exactly like Ferg said, I just wanted to keep watching it. It's immediately added to my queue. I knew about it, but I never thought about it. And now I'm like, oh, perfect. We just finished another 100 episode TV series. And this one's in the queue for the next one. And I, it's a huge green light. This is great. George Lopez, super funny. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you guys. I'm also going to give it the green light. I did have some problems with the show. Um, Mainly, I just hated his mother so much. And I get you're not supposed to like her. But it was like, when you're that mean, it takes me out of the fun of a sitcom. And I thought some of her meanness was too relentless to look past. But I think the fact that I would green light it anyways just tells you how strong everything else about the episode is. George Lopez, I said it earlier, there's a charisma about him. Uh, he was perfect for this role. Obviously, the, it's based around him, but he's meant to be in the role of the like the lead in a sitcom like this. There's probably a reason why we know him more as a television actor than we do from his stand-up because this was really his wheelhouse. He really does. He shines here. I I enjoyed it. I it, just like you guys said, it flies by. It's just insane to me how quick it flies by. Um. So yeah, that's four out of four from us. So regardless of Gordo's vote, which what a wild card he can be sometimes. So I really don't know which way it's gonna go. At the very least, four out of four so far. So too congratulations. much humor for him to cancel. Yeah, there's a, yeah there's he'll a, have to like this one. Multiple poopy and fart jokes. He's gonna. He's probably gonna greenlight it. Congratulations, George Lopez. You do live on to see episode two with us. Uh, that's all the time we have this week, guys. Remember, s1e1pod.com. I stress it every week at the end. Please subscribe everywhere you can subscribe. Like, follow, do all those things. Follow our social medias, s1e1pod. We post videos every week. We post other things every week. Plenty of tweets. Plenty of content from us. They are not dormant accounts. So interact with us. Hit us up. We have actually been getting more messages lately, which is much appreciated. We try to get back to everybody as soon as uh, we can. So thank you to those of you who have reached out recently. Some good uh, episode suggestions that we might look into for the future. But yeah, that's it, guys. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you again. Goodbye. I think we got the best bed riddle. <laughs>